You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my webpage at dr-history.com for over 440 true stories of the Old West. Also, now available on Amazon, my first book, a historical fiction based on true events entitled Coal Miner to Cowboy. The story of a young man born in England in 1850. He wants to be a cowboy and makes his way to America, travels from New Orleans to Independence on a steamboat, hires on as a teamster to Santa Fe, then on a cattle drive to Bozeman, Montana. He also rides shotgun on a stagecoach. He travels with a wagon train, and on his two-year journey, he meets some famous people and keeps a journal of his adventures. The book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast and is now available on Amazon. Visit my webpage for a link to Amazon for the book, Coal Miner to Cowboy. Hi folks, Dr. History here with another story from the Old West. You know, we've been kind of following a theme here lately about the mountain men, the trappers, and so we're going to continue that today. Uh, typically, the mountain man grew up following the trails of wild animals back in Tennessee, Kentucky, and Virginia, and he was born into a uh, hunting community. Uh, he joined with his dad and his brothers and relatives. They'd go out stalking deer and turkey, and they even learned how to trap muskrats, mink, and wolves. But uh, he took these woodsman skills with him to the western part of the country, out in the mountains. But there he met a remarkable variety of animals that were kind of new to him. He hadn't met before. And how well he came to appreciate and understand them determined how well he succeeded as a trapper. Now, I've talked to you before about Trapper Osborne Russell, and he wrote a book, and I'm going to quote some from him as well as some other authors. So here's what he said about the grizzly bear, and that's what we're going to talk about, trappers and grizzly bears. Anyway, he wrote of the beast of the trappers feared most was the grizzly bear. He says, quote, I have frequently seen seven or eight standing about the clumps of cherry bushes on their hind legs gathering cherries, not even deigning to turn their grisly heads to gaze at the passing trapper. Now, if this was all the grizzly did, the trapper was fortunate. More often than not, when mountain man met grizzly, one or the other, usually the trapper, picked a fight. The trapper, especially if traveling with a companion or two, customarily tackled the grizzly bear just for the heck of it, just for the excitement, uh, more than from the need for the meat or fur. Hunting the great bear was a pretty exciting business. So here's a story. Uh, trapper Thomas James, he wrote in his book, Three Years Among the Indians and Mexicans, his recollections of a French-Canadian trapper named Marie. And he said this story remained in his mind. He could not forget Marie's appearance after the Frenchman tangled with a grizzly. <clears throat> after setting his traps, one morning, Marie, and this is coming from his book directly, Marie strolled out into the prairie for game. 
he soon perceived a large white bear rolling on the ground in the shade of a tree. Marie did what any red-blooded mountain trapper was expected to do. He leveled off a shot at the grizz. He missed. The bear paid only scant attention to the noise. So Marie, with more persistence than common sense, reloaded and tried again. This time he succeeded, after a fashion. By wounding the bear, quote, His Majesty, wrote James, instantly, with ears set back, flew toward his enemy like an arrow. Marie ran like the wind, but there was no good place to run. So he dashed out into a beaver dam, then dived into the shallow water. The grizzly did a belly smacker right beside him, and there began, began a game of tag, which continued for some minutes. Every time Marie came up for air, the grizzly was waiting until the trapper finally, in judgment error even worse than shooting at the bear in the first place, surfaced directly beneath the animal's chin. Okay, again, not a very smart move. So the bear looked down, clamped his open mouth over the trapper's head, and sank its teeth in deep enough to prevent any hope of escape. One tooth punched through the uh, beneath Marie's right jaw, another through his right eye, as the bear swam for shore, towing his catch by the head. Marie's partner came running and shot the beast through its head while missing Marie. And James continues, he says, I saw him six days afterwards with a swelling on his head an inch thick and his food and drink gushed through the opening under his jaw made by the teeth of this terrible enemy. Now, folks, I guess you can just imagine this guy's got a hole in his jaw. Every time he drinks or eats, it's going to come out through that hole in his jaw. Well, anyway, grizzlies were also pursued by Lewis and Clark's men. On a July day in 1805, the Lewis and Clark party decided to get even with the grizzlies that had been wandering around their camp at night, frightening the horses. The bears were believed to be hanging out in the willow thickets on a nearby island. Well, the hunters divided into parties of three, and they slowly began pushing their way through the willows. They found a single bear in the thicket. This bear had the misfortune to choose for its target George Drulliard. Now, I talked about him last week a little bit. They also called him Drewer in the Explorer's Journals. He was the best hunter in the expedition. As a great bear rushed down on the hunter, Drulliard calmly sighted, put a bullet through the animal's heart. Well, the bear was 20 paces from Drulliard when it stumbled and gave the hunter his opportunity to escape. He goes on, he says, quote, We then followed him a hundred yards and found that the wound had been mortal. So can you imagine that? The bear was shot in the heart and still managed to go a hundred yards. Well, this still did not satisfy the hunters. They continued to tramp around through the thicket like rabbit hunters trying to flush out another bear. Well, not being able to discover any more of these animals, they returned to camp. Now, sometimes it was the bear that made the first move. Zenas Leonard told in his book, Adventures of a Mountain Man, about the two trappers who came into his camp after a close encounter with a grizzly bear. These trappers had set their traps and were busy arranging their camp for the night when the bear rushed down upon them, chuffing and snarling, teeth flashing with its open mouth. Well, this sent the trappers diving for the guns they had leaned against a nearby tree. Their problem was compounded 
by the fact that one gun was double-triggered while the other was single-triggered. And in the excitement of the moment, they both grabbed the wrong muzzle loader. They grabbed their partner's gun. Well, the bear's first target was the man holding the double-triggered gun. Because the trigger was not set, it would not fire. So he couldn't do any more than just beat the bear over its head with the butt of his friend's rifle. Well, the grizzly bear had had enough of this treatment and turned on the other trapper, but this man, too, was immediately in trouble, thinking that he held the double-triggered gun. He tried to set it off, and as he did so, the gun went off, after which he turned to pounding the angry bear on its head. Well, these trappers were fortunate. The bear finally withdrew without doing any damage other than tearing a sleeve off one man's coat and biting him through the head. Now, the grizzly bear, I'm gonna, this is kind of an interesting part, is the most ferocious animal that inhabits these parties and are very numerous, wrote this guy Leonard. He said, they no, no sooner see you than they will make at you with open mouth. Now, listen to this, folks. If you stand still, they will come within two or three yards of you and stand upon their hind feet and look you in the face. If you have fortitude enough to face them, they will turn and run off. But if you turn, they will most assuredly tear you to pieces. Now, folks, quite a while ago, I told you the story about a guy named Tom Fitzpatrick. He was a trapper. He was out by himself, and he tied his horse up, laid his gun down, walked over, sat on a log, and he was eating some pemmican. All of a sudden, a great big old grizzly stood up in front of him and he figured he was too far away from his gun. So he tried this. He stood up real tall, looked the bear in the eyes as it came towards him. And sure enough, the bear stopped. And then he just turned around and dropped down to all fours and started walking away. Well, Fitzpatrick, at that point, he took off running for his horse and his gun. Well, the bear saw him running. And so he turned around and started chasing Fitzpatrick. Well, he thought, well, if it worked once, it might work again. So he stood up real tall, looked the bear in the eye. Sure enough, the bear stopped. This time, he had uh, his gun close enough and was able to reach slowly, grab his gun, and kill the bear. And he feasted on bear meat that night. Well, today the grizzly bear is, uh, you know, pretty rare in the lower, lower 48, but when the mountain men roamed the plains and valleys, thousands of these great bears still occupied the western country, all the way east, clear into Kansas and Nebraska. Uh, wherever the mountain men wandered, he was suddenly in the land of the great bear, and the grizzly was king. And I don't know how many of you have seen uh, bears in the wild. Uh, when I was growing up, we'd go up to Yellowstone Park, and of course, bears were abundant. They'd... Uh, People would stop along the road and actually feed the bears through the windows uh, of their cars. And, of course, this gradually died out to where actually this past summer we were in Yellowstone and did see a couple of grizzlies, uh, but they were off the road quite a ways, and, and we gave them plenty of room. So, you know, the grizzly is an awesome animal. The adult male may weigh 600 pounds or more and stand almost four feet high at the shoulder, he is recognizable by his broad head with the disc-shaped face and the hump over the shoulders. Although the color varies, uh, a common color is yellowish-brown, the front feet are equipped with these long, sharp claws. 
capable of opening the belly of an elk or a man or lifting a 300-pound rock just to see what little creatures might be hiding underneath. So it's, it has a remarkable sense of smell, and it may find uh, smell something two or three miles away, including the odor of food from a camper's fire. So it might smell something and uh, uh, surprise a trapper or a camper, even in today's world. But the great bear is a loner, except for during the mating season, or in the case of females with cubs. And newly weaned cubs already in their second year, now large and powerful, may travel together for some months. But you know a grizzly anywhere is a threat if surprised, especially if the bear is injured, guarding food, caring for cubs, or otherwise feel that his space has been invaded. So threat or not, the giant bear added spice to the mountain man's life. Next to the roving Indians whose lands the trappers invaded, the grizzly was the most persistent enemy. And so that's kind of an overview of the grizzlies and the mountain men. So, folks, I just want to remind you about uh, my book, uh, Coal Miner to Cowboy by Ken Turner. You can find it on Amazon as a print, an ebook, and audible. Now, because my listeners are used to my voice, I went uh, to a professional studio and recorded it myself. It is actually uh, the story of a young man who is born in England, wants to be a cowboy, is able to make his way to America, nearly getting shipwrecked. He makes his way to New Orleans, gets on a steamboat headed to Independence. He meets Mark Twain. He then goes from Independence to New Mexico with a, a teamster. Uh, he then gets on with a uh, cattle drive going from Texas to Bozeman, Montana, and he has excitement with uh, different uh, things, quicksand and stampedes. Anyway, when he gets to Bozeman, he then goes to Virginia City, Montana, gets on with a stagecoach going south to Salt Lake, back and forth, then gets on with a uh, wagon train from Fort Hall over here in Idaho, over into what we call the City of Rocks along the Oregon and California Trail. And during all this time, he meets people and he records their stories. So in the course of his my book, he is writing a book. So the book contains a lot of the true stories from my podcast. I hope you might uh, try it and see if you find it interesting. And if you do, uh, get on my webpage, dr-history.com, and send me some comments. So folks, that's today's story. Trappers and Grizzlies. You have a good day. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. 
and you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.